Hello everybody and welcome back to The Way We See It. Today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting to the gorgeous Katie who is all the way across the pond, so she's not here in the UK, um, all about kind of her business, what she's about and today we're kind of going to jump into some topics that are, you know, probably talked about a lot but equally maybe never really get the root cause and the bottom of it all, which is limiting beliefs and kind of talking about opening up to spirituality. So these are two things that I've massively been on a journey with and I'm excited to hear Katie's story and I guess also some of her insights. So Katie, I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and particularly how you ended up doing what you're doing now because let's face it, in school, they don't say, hey, do you want to be a self-love coach? So I'd love yeah. to know how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me and thank you for the space. Um, so it's kind of a long story. I'll try to uh, make it kind of quick. So um, I went to school for kinesiology. So exercise science is another word. And I ended up um, becoming a personal trainer, um, a professional competitor. And, um, you know, I was a coach, a fitness coach for many, many years. And um, until I got my pro card, um, something happened where I really, really needed to take a look at my life and um, just kind of see like what was going on inside. I was having panic attacks nonstop, um, anxiety all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk away. And so it forced me to go inwards. And so I went on this long journey inwards of figuring out who I was, you know, asking bigger questions like, why am I here? Um, what else is out there? And I just felt like I was made for more and I just didn't know what quite yet. So I read hundreds of books listened to all the podcasts, hired so many mentors, and then it kind of led me to forming my own like formula for inner peace. And um, all of a sudden people started reaching out and they're like, I want mindset coaching from you, but I don't want to do fitness coaching. And it was nonstop. And I was like, you know, what? I got to listen to this call from, you know, the people and also that's on my heart and I'm just going to make the pivot and um, teach people how I was able to find inner peace, walk away from panic attacks, anxiety, and just form a different life and realize that I wasn't stuck in fitness coaching. For many years, I felt like that was one of my limiting beliefs that I could only, and I put air quotes, I felt like I could only be successful if I um, stayed in fitness coaching, because that's what I knew. That's what I was really good at. And um, once I let go of that belief on a subconscious level, I was really able to step into this pivot and it things just kind of took off pretty fast. It was cool. My God, that's amazing. And it's so funny because obviously, although we've chatted briefly on Instagram, we haven't had like an in-depth conversation about our background and mine is exceptionally similar. So, um, you know, competing, that was kind of around my first step in the fitness industry, became a personal trainer, an online fitness coach that wrapped in mindset. And then made that transition actually in 2020 to leave the fitness coaching behind completely and just focus on the mindset and my other business. And so I just think it's amazing how many people can be so different from such different backgrounds, but go on really similar journeys. And I love what you said about going inwards. I think that's a great way to describe that transformation that can happen through personal development. So 
Um, first of all, how did you get into, like you say, you kind of, the situation that led you to it, but what was kind of your first few steps in that personal development space? Like what book did you pick up or did you take a course? Like what was your first transition? Yeah. So I, um, I liked sharing the breaking moment cause I feel like somebody might out there might like have the same moment and I knew I wanted to stop competing. And I thought like, I mean, that's how I brought in a lot of business for many years. And so it was just this like constant tear. Like I want to walk away from it. It's not healthy for me anymore, but I was terrified. Like, how am I going to have, you know, like that six figure business if I'm not competing and doing that, you know, anymore. And so I was just, I remember I went to the gym one day and I was like, I felt so low and I was so just desperate. And I remember I was doing, I can like visualize the whole scene. I was doing hip thrusts and I was like, I'm like listening to a podcast. I'm going to find a podcast. And the only podcast I knew of was Amanda Bucci. I literally was so wrapped up in the fitness world that I thought I didn't even know about any like entrepreneurs or any other podcasts. I just knew of podcasts because Amanda Bucci was in fitness and she had a podcast. So I listened to her and then she had a guest, Lori Harder. And I, you know, she's been my mentor. I've hired her, but she was my mentor from afar for many years before I hired her. And um, she changed everything for me. I listened to her podcast. And um, so I would say podcasts and outdoor walks are like the very first thing that I really engulfed myself in. It, it opened up this whole new world for me. Yeah, and that's crazy. And I love that it was just, you know, almost that simple as there was just someone you followed on Instagram that you turned to in that time. And I think that's the, the new world that we live in, right? It's the new age of there's someone that we follow that's inspiring. And I know it was, uh, I actually, I don't, for me, it wasn't kind of social media. I, and it's as cliche as it sounds, I picked up the secret. <laughs> I always say that fell into my hands. I didn't pick it up. You know, I was staying with my auntie for in between houses, um, like kind of moving out of one into another and I she had a bookshelf and it was there and I just happened to choose it and again I believe that everything happens at the exact right time so I guess mm -hmm. what made you obviously transitioning into fitness coaching makes logical sense from everything that you've said so how did the mm -hmm. mindset coaching come into your business and how did you find that your your fitness clients did anything change in their results when that piece was added in yeah. So, um, first of all, the secret is like another like transformation story for me too. So that was like a game changer for me as well. Um, so I love that you said that cause I'm always, I'm always like preaching that and I'm every client I'm like, you got to read it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when I started it, it, like, it wasn't like a harsh pivot. Like I was doing like bodybuilding coaching and I was like one of the top, like all my girls were like, you know, like top, like placements at all their shows and I was good at it. I just have an eye for it because I coached myself for many years to my pro card. Well, I got a coach like to get my like the last few months. But anyway, um it was it wasn't a hard pivot. First it was blending mindset into like fitness as a lifestyle. And that was called the fit and free lifestyle method. And that was a very successful program. That was like all of my income for over two years. And um, over like, you know, hundreds of women have been in it. it it's just been, it, it's a phenomenal program, but I just recently cut it because it's not aligned. Um, but blended that. And when I started blending the mindset into it, I started noticing like these women were having like these deeper transformations. I was opening their eyes to like just so much 
more like kind of like my eyes were open to so much more and I was like there's something here and so you know it was kind of like a a transition blending fitness with mindset and then a transition like hey more and more people want just mindset so I'm just going to pivot even though it's kind of scary <laughs> And it's, you know what, it's just so interesting how similar our stories are. Like the reason I got into co-fitness coaching in the first place was a total accident. You know, I was the only yeah. girl competing at the time in the UK. Bikini came over like Thanks. 10 years ago and I was the only one. Yeah. Like, so I was kind of, it was a new thing. The only coaches were bodybuilders or me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. So I started helping friends. It wasn't because I genuinely knew what, I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. That's the truth of it. But I started to build a bit of an eye for it. And I actually remember one time a girl, a friend of mine, and she just wasn't losing any weight. And I just said, you need to refeed and take the weekend off. And then she lost three pounds on the Monday. And I was like, I'm good at this. And it kind of became a business by accident. And I, do you know what? One thing that you, you brought out, which I was really interesting. And again, for anyone watching, I'm so sorry if my Wi-Fi is a bit dodged. We're trying to make the best of it today. Um, but one of the things you said was, what, you know, that even though your business was thriving, you still chose to park that part of it. And I, I know this myself because it's hard to explain to people why you would ever leave a thriving business. But I know that for me, it felt out of, it didn't feel like it fit with who I had become. And there were things about what I was teaching within that competitive space that as much as I loved it and my girls were what I call very well-rounded humans, thanks to all the mindset work, there's just still something about that industry that for me is only temporary. It's, it's not a permanent journey in that industry. And I think what I now am passionate about is teaching people, not the route to a permanent place, but helping them find themselves and what they want to do and who they want to be in the real world, not in just one particular bubble. So how did you yeah. find, I guess, that parking of that part of your business? Like, what were some of the things that you had to work through or some of the, the stories that maybe you were telling yourself? Yeah. So, um, I had been doing so much like work on myself, um, personal development. And then I, um, ended up getting in this certification program and it offered coaching like on the side. And so it's like, you know, NLP hypnosis, um, EFT time techniques, um, all of these certifications and the coaching on the side, they took me through these techniques that I was getting certified in. And that was a huge game changer for me because I was able to work through my limiting beliefs that I had on a subconscious level. So I learned a lot of things like, um, and like time techniques blended with hypnosis, blended with having a community was just so huge for me. Um, like I learned that I actually had a fear of success. Like, and I will say like a lot of people think they have a fear of failure, but it's actually a fear of success. And if you have a fear of success, you will subconsciously sabotage yourself over and over without even being aware of it. And so if you don't know where that's coming from, from an earlier part of your life, you're going to have no clue like where it's rooted from and not, just having the awareness. Once you shine awareness over your limiting beliefs, you take away all the power because now you're aware. And so you can continue to work through it. And I always say just bringing awareness to limiting, limiting beliefs is probably like 70% of the game. Yes, you need to do work to continue to remove them and embody that new belief. But 
just shining a flashlight over this thing that's kind of subconsciously happening as a pattern over and over. And so I learned, and I like telling this because I feel like some people, things like this could have happened um, to them as well. And mine came from, and I didn't even know in time techniques, they, you're closing your eyes and she's like, or whoever's taking you through it, it's like, at what age did you first start believing this? I mean, that's just part of the process. And like, it's just your gut response. And I said, eight years old. And I was like, what? Like, where did that come from? And then she was like, just fly over the event. And um, what I saw was like, when my dad started being really successful, when I was eight years old, I saw less of him. So I attached success with seeing less of family. And so anytime I would be super close to this income goal, like, and I'm talking like $50 or like $100, I just couldn't get over that thing I set out for myself for many, many years, I would sabotage myself. I would pull back because I thought it meant I would have less time with my husband subconsciously. And so unraveling all of this had really allowed me to step into a lot of different, like just claiming power. I like within a month, I launched a program that I had been thinking about for over a year um, of doing this work because I just had like, you know, I felt fearless. I released all this stuff that wasn't needed anymore. So interesting. And I always say awareness is the first step. And like you say, it's 70% of it. And mm -hmm. I think the, big, the biggest thing is always bringing awareness to it. I think the challenge is then moving forward with that. And it's so interesting. You said about, you know, that gut feeling of eight years old, my, I've been in therapy for, well, what feels like forever <laughs> in the best way. But, you know, I think even a, even a therapist needs a therapist, right? So we, I'm not a clinical therapist, but being a coach, you sometimes feel like it. And my therapist has been an absolute godsend for me. And what she would always keep asking me, she'd be like, right, let's talk about childhood. I'm like, my childhood was perfect. We don't need to go there. It was fine. I remember nothing. And that would be my automatic response. And then over time, we would talk about things and she'd say, you know, where did that come from? And I'd say, oh, well, it's because this happened. Da, 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 da. And she's like, I thought you didn't remember. And it's because I've chosen to block out whole sections of my life because either they were too painful for me to associate with. And at the time, they're not painful now, they're childhood memories, but they were painful for yeah. me at the time that I didn't understand them. Or on the flip side of that, that I just didn't believe they were relevant. And I have learned more and more in my personal development journey, in my therapy, that everything stems from those formative years in childhood. And I think the challenge is that so many people just don't want to go back. They want to try and move forward without looking backwards. And like you say, until you shine a light on where something came from and you can rationalize it and, you know, let it go, it's impossible to move forward. So you mentioned a couple of, you mentioned obviously the fear of success being a big one. And I, I definitely understand your rationale around your dad for sure. Are there any other limiting beliefs that have been, I guess, big barriers or things that you've had to overcome or, you know, things that particularly you see a lot with your clients? Yeah. So it's so funny that like you just said that because I'm working with a client and we're like about three months in and it's like your soul knows when you're ready to up level but your brain may take a little bit time to like catch up and so she invested in my my program self-love to side hustle three months ago 
And she came and she was like, so ready. I could tell she was so ready. And then we get to talking about limiting beliefs. She's like, I had a perfect childhood. There's nothing wrong. With, like, I feel so good. And she's like, I don't remember much. And like, it was, it was great. It was, I have good parents. Yes, you can have good parents, but you can still have things that you, like limiting beliefs around little things that didn't feel good for you, even if your parents had the purest intentions. And so we're starting to crack her open and she's like, okay, now I see where this abandonment like thought comes from and random things like that. So everyone's a little bit different. I will say like the top limiting beliefs are not feeling good enough at something, whether that's smart enough, smart enough, worthy enough, or whatever, not feeling enough. That's like definitely the top one in a different, they can all go different directions. Um, and like fear of success and fear of failure. I know that's, that's a little bit of a limiting belief, but not as much as like, you know, not feeling enough. Um, those are like probably the top three in, and they can all go in their separate directions to be a little bit different. Um, one for me was not feeling smart enough to do anything other than fitness. Um, and that was just, an extension, not feeling smart enough. And then, and you know, a different faucet of to do anything other than athletics. And so I started exploring more and more where that came from. Yeah, it's so true. And I've been through stages in my business where I felt that I don't look good enough. You know, like if I'm not in my peak shape or photo shoot condition that I'm not worthy to coach or I'm not. And that was even in my fitness business. Right. And that took a lot for me to overcome because I think so many women, you know, we attach so much of our self-worth to the way that we look and the food that we eat and the habits that we have around food, particularly, you know, there's a sense of virtue if we're dieting, which, you know, we all still have it, whether we like it or not, there's still this sense of I'm being good. I'm being better. And you know what? I don't actually come from a family where my mum ever dieted. It's not something I was brought up with at all. My mum has never been on a diet in her entire life, which is great. So I always wondered where it came from. And actually it turns out it came from other people at school who were on a diet because their mum was on a diet. And I think yeah. it shows that you model so many people you don't even know. Like I look around and I hear myself say things. I'm like, where have you got that from? Like you've modeled that. You know how like you always say the word, you, my partner's from a different place in the UK and I take the piss out of them all the time for saying words a certain way, but I've started doing it. The certain things that I say and that's modeling yeah. and it's finest. And so I think one of the things that I've had to learn is that the people that I surround myself with isn't just a Jim Rohn quote, right? It's not just the five people you spend the most time with, you'll be the sixth, right? It's not a superficial statement. You model your environment. And even if it's a virtual environment, the people you're consuming, and that for me has been one of the biggest things I've changed is who I spend my time with and where I spend my energy. And that has completely leveled up my, my income, my lifestyle, my mindset. So my question to you is, I mean, other than like you say, you touched on Laurie and, and I follow Laurie mainly because of the network marketing industry. Obviously she built an incredible network marketing business alongside everything else that she's done. Um, so outside of Laurie, are there any particular, you know, role models or are there are people in your environment that you intentionally spend time with because they do good things for your energy yeah yeah so when i i moved to colorado um 
last March, so almost a year ago, um, I was living, and this is my dream state for sure. Um, I mean, the mountains are with an hour away. We go snowboarding every single weekend. We go hiking in the summer and it's just amazing. And um, when I moved here, I moved here with intention to make more friends, like have a group of girlfriends. And I will say that's been probably like the most transformative thing for me is um, having a group of girlfriends in person, you know, cause we all, I, we all have friends online. Yeah. And it's like amazing too to have entrepreneur friends, but it's just, it changes everything when you have those girlfriends in person. Um, and it's not always talking about business just to like kind of let loose sometimes, but then also like chatting business and, random like tips here and there. Oh, I could help you with that. And um, I hired an assistant and I was so scared to do that for so many years. I don't know what the heck I was doing, but um, that's been a game changer for me as well. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? I've, I don't, I don't have an assistant because I am like Mrs. Anal over my time in terms of that side of things, but I source out and delegate a lot of like my material work, like stuff that needs to be produced or content and things like that. And, you know, video editing stuff that I'm not good at because like, and something as simple as I have a cleaner, you know, that completely changed, not just my time, but also my money mindset. I think when you can pay somebody to be better at the things that you're not good at, actually, I think it's good for that sense of self-worth and, you know, spending money. So yeah, the people that you surround yourself with, you know, as Tony Robbins would call them your team, right? My team includes like my cleaner <laughs> and the person who takes care of my yeah. dog and those kind of things. So, I mean, obviously like you mentioned your husband and obviously I presume he's mega supportive of everything that you're doing. Um, so how, what does he do and how does kind of your business kind of work into your relationship? Cause obviously as much as, you know, we want to separate work and personal boundaries is interesting when you run a lifestyle business. So I guess I'm keen yeah. to know kind of how you guys make that relationship kind of dynamic work and the stuff that you do, particularly as a couple that, you know, has allowed you to thrive. Yeah. So it's a lot different um, since COVID hit cause he's working from home. Um, so he sees that, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't work eight hours a day ever. (laughs) There's some days I work two hours a day and, um, my main job on those days is to align my energy. I, I mean, I'm a projector on the human design and like I attract business by making sure I'm like magnetic. And so that requires a lot of work. And that's, I mean, that's worked for me. I've, I've built, you know, multiple six figure businesses and, off of aligning my energy. And I know it sounds like crazy to people and they're like, yeah, right. But it works for me. And so when he first started working from home, he was like, (laughs) like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) what's going on? But um, yeah, we're, we're completely separate. He's not very spiritual. He can get into it sometimes. I'm very spiritual. And I like it that way. When I was super into fitness, like, I mean, he wasn't even lifting. And I like having someone to kind of ground me and just pull me back to reality and said, I could get so deep into like the woo woo stuff, or I need someone to be like, Katie, you can't walk around like saying this, like talking about crystals and like talking about spirits, like people are going to think you're crazy. So (laughs) it's, it's a good balance. Yeah, I love that. 
and it's so it's not but it's also equally so refreshing that he's supportive of everything you want to do he doesn't have to be into everything you want to do he just has to support what you want to do and that makes it healthy so I'm jumping around a little bit but I'm conscious of time and kind of you know I mean obviously I know we can chat again but it's just so nice to kind of uh kind of get a kind of really fresh perspective on things so books so obviously we mentioned the secret but I would love to know your top three personal development or spirituality books that have made the biggest impact or difference on your life and business yeah um so that's another thing I did in the beginning of my like not personal development but my the beginning of my spiritual journey the the book that started it all for me was obviously Gabby Bernstein you know I feel like everyone talks about her she's she really normalizes spirituality so um the universe has your back I think it's I know it's a foundational book for every single one of my clients and it's just such a good read connecting to yourself um and the secret, obviously, but I'll say two others because we already mentioned the secret. Um, lately, I'm really into I'm like past lives. I know that sounds crazy, but the book Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, I think his name is like Brian L. Weiss. Uh, it's if you get it, get it on Audible because the way he reads it to you is just it's a beautiful. He's a beautiful storyteller. Um, it's great to read from him, and that helped me understand just more of the spiritual world and more of like a connection to different energies and different sources and all of that. So it's, it might be a little out there for some people, but I I thought it was super cool. Um, I'm just looking behind me, um, the alchemist and, uh, the seven spiritual laws of success by, um, Deepak. Chopra, Chopra, however you say his last name. (laughs) I think we say it differently depending on our accent, but Deepak, we all know our mate Deepak. Everyone's my mate, that's why I call them. My mate Gabs, Gabby Bernstein, Scabs, isn't it? Um, And I love Super Attractor, actually. When I was going through a big business goal last year, I went through a big push and um, I listened to Super Attractor literally on repeat. I was like asking for signs every three seconds, you know, I was was there. And um, yeah, she is, she's really brought spirituality to the the mainstream and mm-hmm. I think because I've seen her speak in person she did a thing in the UK and it is interesting how different she is in person versus how different she is on materials and books and audios and actually that's quite refreshing to see that as much as she's brought it to the mainstream when you meet her in person she takes it really deep you know and she tells it really yeah. how it is and I agree with you she's made it accessible for people so it's an amazing book mm-hmm. so um one of the questions that I love to ask people is their favorite quote or mantras that they catch themselves saying or people know them for or that they just absolutely love like people always know me for saying if nothing changes nothing changes so something Mm -hmm. like that yeah so actually um i it just slipped in my mind my favorite book um besides the secret and universe has your back is the big leap by gay Hendricks. and have you do you love it too so, so, um, that's what my favorite affirmation is from the big leap. And it's, I expand in abundance, abundant success and love. I, as I inspire those around me to do the same. And another one is it gets to be easy. So anything you feel doubtful around, um, 
like maybe it's making money. Maybe it's getting through your workout. Maybe it's building a landing page that you haven't outsourced. (laughs) Um, And just reminding yourself, it gets to be easy. You get to choose like how it feels. And if you choose that this is hard, it's going to be hard. So it gets to be easy is one of my favorites. Oh my God, that is crazy about the big leap. Like in my journal every morning, I write that exact affirmation. I was like, she's not going to say it. I was like, she is. I'm going to crazy. <laughs> but you're so right about the easy thing. I think that there's so many, you know, quote stories about, you know, the struggle is worth it. There's no progress without pain. And, you know, and I totally agree that sometimes you have to go through the hard shit to be able to have the clarity to have the amazing life and appreciate everything. And sometimes the struggle is uphill, but equally there have been two points in my business that were very similar in terms of what I was going for, which is just a goal, right? And one felt like the easiest thing I've ever done. And one felt like the hardest thing I've ever done. I thought I was going to die. Like I actually thought I was going to die from a heart attack at, you know, 32. So, and that was just the choice. I decided how I was going to feel. And I think we forget that sometimes. I think we, especially right now, the last 12 months, right? We have allowed that choice over how we feel to be dictated and impacted by outside sources. And I think one of the things that I am really working on right now is, you know, consciously working into that subconscious is around the fact that everything I do is a choice, whether it feels like it or not, everything I do is a choice. And I think when we can Mm -hmm. help our clients see that, I really think that is the key to people creating happiness, success, love, abundance, whatever it might be, because they realize they truly are in control and responsible and have the power over their own lives. And I think God, as a coach, that is the most rewarding feeling when somebody goes, Oh my God, I get it. (laughs) I'm in charge. I'm like, yay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so it's hard to explain because it's not like, Oh, I lost like 10 pounds, like on the scale. Like it's like not quite tangible until it is until it's like, oh my God, like you're not just reading these inspiring quotes, you're like fully embodying them and you understand them at a whole new level kind of thing. Yeah, a million percent. Well, look, Katie, I know we could chat forever, but I'm conscious of uh, time of keeping you and also making sure that our listeners want to come back and hear you again. So before we jump off, where can people find you? What are your social media pages, um, handles, so that people can jump on and give you a follow? Yeah, so um, I laugh because every time I say my last name, people think I'm saying Turner. It's actually with a K, Kerner. But um, my handle is KT, so the letter K, the letter T, Miller, Kerner. So K-E-R-N-E-R. And that's, I'm the most active on Instagram. So just find me over there. Love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've no doubt we'll speak again and off air because clearly we have a lot to talk about. Um, But thank you so much for joining us today. And that was 